0: We've been in a series over the last couple weeks called the power of one and we've been talking about how one decision can absolutely transform your life and I actually believe that you're one decision away from a totally different life and 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 God is just waiting on you to make that choice in fact I believe that this year God wants to do something new he wants to do something fresh he wants to do something that is transformative in your lives and uh, every week of this series, I've been giving you something like, hey, I think this is what it is. And this week, I want to do something different. I want to challenge you a little bit differently. We're actually going to be looking, starting off today out of a passage of scripture in Isaiah. And what is happening here in this passage of scripture is God is unleashing just a myriad of promises on his people. And it's not just for that day, it's for today. And then he says something really, really interesting in Isaiah chapter 43, starting in verse 18. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. And I believe that God, let me just stop right here, is going to speak to many of you today. And he's going to go, hey, there are some things in your past that you need to leave behind in 2020 and 2019 and 2018. Something that happened in your past, you're going to need to leave that behind. You're not going to dwell on those things anymore. He says, see, I am doing a new thing. God really wants to do something new this year. It says, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making away in the desert and streams and the wasteland. And God is saying, and I believe he's saying very directly to you and to your neighbor and to me, hey, I want to do something new this year. And some of you may be facing something where it seems impossible. It seems overwhelming. It seems extraordinary. And you're like, I don't see a way through this. And God goes, no, no, no. See, I've got a way through the desert. I've got a way through the wasteland and I've got a way through whatever you're facing this year, but you've got to understand that it is something new that I'm doing. So we cannot continue to repeat the old ways of doing things. There's something new and there's something fresh that I want to do in your life. And here's what you have to do. You have to understand it and you have to perceive it. But with that, there's something else you have to do. You actually have to take action on that new thing. That's why we've been saying over the last couple of weeks, it is your decisions, not your desires, that are gonna determine your destiny. It is the choices that you're going to make that are going to take you to that new thing that God is trying to do in your life. But if we're not willing to make any new choices, then we're not gonna see any new things happen in our lives. And here's what I know, is we are all the product of our choices. What I also know is that in the beginning of the year, most people make New Year's resolutions. In fact, statistically sa- speaking, they said this year that 78% of the population in America made at least one new resolution. So just by a show of hands, come on, this is church, let's be honest. How many of you guys said, hey, I'm going to do something different this year, and you made kind of a resolution. Maybe it wasn't necessarily a resolution, but you said, I'm going to be different this year in this area of my life. Come on, stick your hand up in there. Come on, be honest, be honest. Lots of us did. Do you know that statistically by the 31st, which is right now, 80% of you that said that will have not fulfilled it. Like you will have already given up on that idea of, like, oh, I knew, want a new body this year. I, 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 want, uh, I, I want a better job. I want to read a book a month. And, and what will happen, statistically speaking, is, is within the first 30 days, 80% of people will have realized, like, I'm not going to achieve that. And so they give up and they never pursue it any longer. And the reason I think that is is because we start off the year with a lot of good intentions in life, but what we miss out is the God intentions of life. Good intentions are like, man, I want I want something better for myself. It's a good intention. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just like, hey, I want something different this year. But good intentions only take you so far. But when God speaks into your life and he speaks something that isn't as though it was into existence in your life, all of a sudden you have a God intention in your life. And I believe that it changes everything about your future. And I believe that this year, God wants to birth some new things in your life and it's not going to come out of our good intentions, but it's going to come out of a God intention where he speaks to us. It's one of the reasons why this is a practice that Shayla and I have had for, for many, many years is that in the beginning of the year, we, we always see God for the first 30, 45 days going, God, what do you want this year to be about? Like, what is that one word from you that is gonna help me identify what you're trying to do in the in this life? Notice I didn't say 10 words, I said one word. I, like and, and some years in the past, it's been faith. Other years, it's been perseverance. This year, I was really, really struggling because I didn't really like the word that God gave me. And so I kept putting it off, like Shayla would be like, hey, what is God speaking to you? And I'd be like, I'm not really sure yet. And the reason I wasn't sure is because God kept saying to me, hey, TJ, I want more discipline in your life. And I'm like, I don't want discipline. God, I'm gonna discipline you for giving me discipline. Like I just was not happy about it, but I I kept hearing God just saying, hey, TJ, discipline, 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 discipline. And what that means for me is that this year, everything about this year is going to be about me developing more discipline or God revealing areas of my life that I'm lacking discipline in. And so when things happen, I'm not getting upset about it because I know when that thing happened, it is revealing something in me that God is trying to change and transform because he's trying to do something new in my life this year. And I believe that if we'll take some time and we'll actually pursue God and what he wants to do, God will actually speak to us about what he wants to do new in our lives this year. And so today what I wanna do is I'm not gonna give you, hey, this is what we're gonna do. This is what you need to work on today. I just wanna ask you, for one. One thing questions. And here's what I believe is that as you ask yourself these questions, and it's going to probably have to go beyond today, that God will actually start to speak to you. And revelation from you is way better than revelation from me. And so I want you to learn how to hear the voice of God instead of waiting for me to hear it for you. Because then otherwise, we just have a bunch of people that are never growing in their faith. And it's time for some of us to learn faith on our own rather than faith from your pastor. And so first question is this, is what is one thing you desire from God? Like this year, what is one thing that above everything else, you're like, God, I, I, I want you to do this one thing. If there was one thing I could ask of you, God, like this is what it is. And I love what's in Psalms 27 verse 4, what David said. And, and David asked for a lot of different things. And David was referred to as a man after God's own heart. And I hope that that is our desire for all of us is that we would be a man or a woman after God's own heart. But he says this in Psalm 27 4. He says, one thing I ask of the Lord. This is what I seek above all else, he says, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of my days and to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. He says, man, if I could have one thing, it is to be with God. It's like, I wanna be with God in my good days. I want God right there. I want God in my bad days. No matter what my circumstances are, no matter what my situation is, no matter how high it is or how low it is, I want the presence of God to be with me in every single circumstance. I wanna be dwelling and in relationship with God. And so my question is, is what is that one thing this year that you desire above all else from God. Like what is that place that you need God to come into and do something miraculous? Maybe for some of you, you have a friend that is far from God or you have a family member that's far from God and you're like, you know what? The one thing I would ask God to do is that God would use me this year to have a significant impact so they can begin a relationship with God. That he would use my life and my example to be the testimony that helps bring them from where they are to the cross of Jesus Christ. Maybe some of you, quite honestly, you're like, you know what I need God to do? I have an addiction in my life. I have a stronghold in my life. And more than anything, I need God to show up and break that thing so I can live in freedom this year. Maybe some of you, you're looking at your marriage and you're going, man, I I, I just wish my marriage was, was better. Like, I wish it was stronger. I, like, I need God to show up this year in my marriage. And let me just stop right here because so many people, what they're hoping God will do is they're hoping, God, will you just fix my spouse? Right? And maybe this year what God is going to fix is he's going to fix your heart, which is going to change your perception about your spouse, which is going to give you a whole new Marriage. if you'll allow him to intervene on your behalf. Maybe some of you, you aren't married, and the thing that you want more than anything is you want to just be married. You're like, God, I just want to be married. All of my friends are getting married. In fact, they're marrying the people that I want to marry. And i like, God, I just need you. Like, I need you to bring me somebody. And maybe this year, what God is gonna do is he's gonna go, hey, you know what I need from you is I need you to be satisfied with a relationship with me. Because if you're looking for somebody else to fill that void in your life, you are. Are always going to end up empty, but when you're satisfied with me, I can bring somebody else in your life that will add a value to you, but won't complete you because that's what I do. Bad. Bad. Many years ago, like when we were starting this church, I remember I I, I was like, Solomon back in the day I was like God I don't know how to lead people I don't know what I'm doing like more than anything what I need from you this year and what I need from you for the rest of my life God is I need wisdom like help me to lead people in the correct way and and I remember asking God like man God give me uncommon wisdom in life and so my question is just church what do you desire from God this year Like, what do you want him to do when it comes to your spiritual life, when it comes to your relationship with God? How do you want him to intervene? Number two, what one thing do you lack? This is a great question. Like, what is that thing that is missing in your life? And there's a really interesting story in Mark chapter 10 of this guy that comes to Jesus and he's referred to as the rich young ruler. And he comes to Jesus and he says, hey, what is it that I have to do to inherit eternal life? And, and Jesus goes, hey, it's really simple. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself and follow the 10 commandments. And he's like, check, 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 check. I've done all those things. Like uh, I followed the, the rules and the law and all those things. And then Jesus in this moment re- recognizes and realizes that there is something that is missing from his life that this man is unaware of. And it says this in verse 21, it says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. Notice he's about to say something that is gonna be difficult. It's gonna be hard for this guy to swallow. And he says one thing, not two things, not five things, not 20 things. He said, one thing you lack. He said, go and sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. He said, man, if there's one thing that's standing in the way of you completely following God, he says, he looked at him and realized that he was very wealthy and he had all these possessions. He said, "Like, listen, there is a barrier that is keeping you from God, and here's what I need you to do. I need you to go sell this so you can fully follow me. It says this, at this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad because he had great wealth now check this out god specifically showed him the one thing that he lacked and he was unwilling to do the thing that would have benefited him the most and here's what i know is that god has been speaking to a lot of us about doing things for a long time that we have been unwilling to do and we're wondering why we're lacking in areas of our life we've been disobedient Because that's what it is. When God asks us to do something, it's not a suggestion. It's actually a command. Just so you know. Like, that's a good suggestion. No, no, no. That was a good command from God. And there's a difference between those things. And we wonder why we're not having fulfillment in life why we're not seeing god move in 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 profound ways in our life why there is not a closeness in our marriage because god told you to go love your spouse as as jesus loved the world as he loved the church which meant that he was going to die rather than going and putting his pride up high and so what is that thing that you're lacking in life i was talking to a guy just this past week we sat down, he, he was like, hey, I, I'm having trouble in my marriage. And, and I said, well, tell me about a time when your marriage was good. And he started to explain to me at this time when he was reading his Bible and he was going to church. And his wife and him were in a connect group and, and they were having daily communications and they were having date nights. And I said, so what are you doing now? He's like, I'm doing none of that. And I said, I figured out the one thing you lack is all that stuff right there. Like, you want your marriage to be, like, your marriage was awesome, right? He's like, yeah, it was incredible. And I said, you stop doing that, right? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, but I'm not getting the results that I wanted then. Well, that's because you're not doing any of those things now. It's not real hard. This is not rocket science. I know some of you think it is. For some of you, you've been around church Forever but yet you have no deep, meaningful relationships in your life that challenge you to move forward in your relationship with God. Maybe the one thing that you lack is a connect group. In fact, today is a great day to find some meaningful relationships that can help you grow and spur your faith on to something bigger and better in life. Maybe some of you, you keep falling into a repetitive sin over and over and over again. And the one thing that you're lacking in your life is some accountability. Having somebody that's there that will hold your feet to the fire so that when you're struggling with something, you don't run to that struggle. You actually run to the phone and call them up and say, hey, I'm struggling right now. I know for Shayla and I, years ago, we, we grew up in a, in a generation where when you went to Bible college, they told you, you know what? As pastors, you can't have friends. Like people in your church, they can't be your friends. And so what we discovered is, is that we were living very, very lonely lives. And we came to this point where we said, you know what? I, I don't think it's healthy to not have relationships. And I know that people will judge us and think differently about us if they get to know us, because they'll realize we're not perfect. We don't have it all together, but I refuse to live a lonely life. And so we decided, man, the one thing we were lacking was healthy relationships. And so we went out there and we got some friends. I'm just saying, when it comes to your relationship with God, what is that one thing that you're lacking? When it comes to your desire from God, what is that one thing that you want him to do this year in your life? Number three, what one thing do you need to let go of this year? What one thing do you have a grip on that you've been holding on to for so long that this year you need to release and you need to let go of that thing? And the apostle Paul in the New Testament, uh, he, there's this amazing chapter in Philippians chapter three, where he's talking about he, he wants to know God and not just know about God, but actually have this intimate knowledge and relationship with God. And he says this in Philippians three thirteen. he says, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He says like almost in one fluid motion, hey, this one thing I do is as I'm gonna let go of my past, I'm gonna let go of my hurt, I'm gonna let go of my despair, I'm gonna let go of, of my rejection, and I'm gonna push forward, like I'm gonna press forward And there's so many things that the Apostle Paul could have been letting go of. If you read, you would have have seen that, man, he probably walked around with a lot of guilt and shame because he was the person that murdered Stephen, the first martyr in the church. He probably walked around with a lot of shame when it came to the fact that he was arresting Christians before God showed up supernaturally and revealed himself to him. It could have been the fact that he was beaten by rods uh, three times. It could have been that he was shipwrecked three times. It could have been that he was stoned in life and i'm not talking recreationally like they actually threw stones at him and tried to kill there's all these things that happened to him that would have been so easy for him to hold on to the pain of the past and miss out on the potential of his future but he says man i'm gonna forget all those things and i'm gonna strain towards what is ahead and i'm gonna put my eyes and my focus on the prize rather than the pain of the past And some of us, we've got to this year decide, man, we are going to let go of some things that continually hinder us and continually keep us from our potential. And I learned this years ago. I, I learned the power of forgetting what's behind you and focusing on what is ahead of you. When I was 17 years old, my parents decided that I needed to go to a Tony Robbins seminar. Uh, discovering the giant within you is what I think it was called at the time. And uh, we go to this seminar. They, they split you up from your family so you're not around anybody that you know. I'm 17 years old. I'm not a Christian at the time. Uh, my family was trying to win me to Christ. It was not doing very well. And... Uh, we're at this event. And if you've ever been to a Tony Robbins seminar, it is like motivational speaking and like a rave all combined into one. It's like high energy, stand up, dance, get back down, motivate you with this dude, this 610 that's amazing communicator, get you back up, rave. So they're doing this all day. And uh, at the end of the night, they said, hey, we're gonna get ready to to implement everything you just learned here today. And so they get you all hyped and they say, everybody turn around and go out the back doors. And we happen to be at the Fort Lauderdale Convention Center. This is 1997. Um, we go out the back doors of this convention center. I'm like the first person out the doors because I'm 17 years old. I'm hype. I'm ready to go. You And when you're 17, you gotta be first at everything. And so I run out there only to realize that they have these lines of like burning hot coals set up on the ground and that they're going to want you to walk on fire. And I realized I, this was not a good power position to be in, number one. And, um, and I'm at the front of the line and I'll turn around to leave, except there is the prettiest girl I'd ever seen up until that point in my life behind me. And I'm like, I'm not dipping out now. You know, it's like, now I'm obligated to stay here. And, uh, and, and I remember them, them saying, hey, this is what we want you to do. We want you to focus on the end and don't worry about what's beneath you. Now the reality is, is what is beneath you is things that can give you a burn and put you in the hospital. Like it's bad, it's a bad position to be in. And some of you in life, you feel like, man, I'm in a bad position, but here's what you'll do. If you'll forget what's beneath you or what's behind you and you'll press forward onto the prize that is ahead of you, which is Christ Jesus and the plan that he has for you, you know what would happen? They said, look at the prize and say cool moss and walk forward. And I, I was like, all right, cool moss, cool moss, cool moss. I get to the end, I wipe my feet off on a towel, no burns whatsoever. And in that moment, I realized that there is power in pressing on. And some of us, what we have to do in order to press on is we cannot continue to be anchored by the hurt of the past. Yes, they hurt you. And I know you have bitterness and you have unforgiveness in your heart, but that bitterness and that unforgiveness is gonna continue to burn you until you release it in life. It's time for some of you to let go of that. I'm convinced that one of the reasons that marriages struggle today is people are holding on to the pain of the past for far too long and they're punishing their spouse for something they can no longer change. It's time for you to let go of that thing. For some of you, you failed. You did something and and you did not accomplish, you did not achieve. Failure is an event, it is not your identity. It's time to let go of it. You don't have to identify by that thing any longer. You're not a failure, you just made a mistake. Move forward and move on. Some of you have been disappointed. You let yourself down, let go of it, move forward in life because God is doing a new thing. It's a new day and he's trying to do a new thing in your life. What is that one thing you need to let go of so that God can help you to become all that he wants you to become? Number four, what one promise do you need to claim this year? What one promise from from God's Word do you need to Claim this year. And, and I love the Old Testament. I love when David was a young man, he was the forgotten shepherd boy. And when the prophet Samuel came to anoint the next king, he looked at all of his brothers and he realized that none of them were them. And he asked his father, Jesse, he said, Do you have any more sons? He's like, Man, I got one runt kid out in the field. Nobody likes him. Nobody wants him. He is, he is, he's just not that good. And he's like, Bring him to me because here's why. People look at outward appearances, but God looks at hearts. Listen, I know what everybody has said about you, but God isn't concerned about the outward appearance. He's concerned about what's going on in your hearts. And when that young boy came before Samuel, God's like, that's the one. And right there, God made a promise that David would be the king of Israel. The problem is, is we live in a microwave society. So when we get a promise today, we expect it to happen tomorrow. We expect it to be instantaneous in our life. We don't realize that, 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 that there is a process to the promise, that there is something that we're gonna have to go through, but that promise is the thing that will sustain you and will keep you through it. And so David goes back to normal life and there are some highs in his life, like defeating Goliath. But you know what? There's also a lot of lows, like Saul trying to spear him to death. Saul chasing him down like a fugitive trying to kill him him being so scared for his life that he runs to the enemy camp and hopes that he can stay there only to realize that that was not a good decision in life. And in the middle of that, he decides to act like a wild, crazy man so they'll think he's an invalid so that they will keep him alive. And in the middle of that, he's still got a promise from God. And I love that in the middle of that, they actually say he wrote this psalm in Psalm 56 verse nine. He says, this one thing I know God is for me. Listen, the enemy's coming after me. I don't know what to do. It's three steps back and then maybe a step forward. I'm scared to death. I don't know what's gonna happen to the left or to the right, but here's what I do know, that God is for me. And here's what you need to know is that God is for you. He says, I am trusting God. Oh, praise his promises. I am not afraid of anything mere man can do to me. Yes, praise his promises. Here's this one thing I know, is that I don't know. But the one thing I do know is that God is for me. And this one promise he promised is true of my life, no matter what my circumstances may say right now, that I am fit to be king. And so some of you, 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 you've gotta go to God and go, God, I need a promise for my life in this situation. I know what I'm going through right now and I don't see a way out. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see anything good out of this. I need some sort of hope in my life. And this year you need to grab hold of his promise. And I'll tell you what, 13 years ago, I I grabbed hold of a promise that's still in the making. 13 years ago, my wife and I were told we would never have children. And I've been holding on to Deuteronomy chapter 7, this promise that says, man, that, that our family will be fruitful and will multiply and that there will be no barrenness in the land. And you know what? That promise has not come to fruition yet, but that does not mean that it does not sustain me still to this day. Amen. It just means not yet. Amen. You're like, that's a long time. Yeah. You know what? But people in the Bible are having kids at hundred. Not that I want Shayla to have a kid at hundred, but <laughs> it gives me hope. Like, what's your hope in? Is your hope in GameStop stock stock right now? Because that's not a very good hope. (laughs) Is your hope in the government? Man, they're whacked out. Like, we put our hope in some really jacked up things. What one promise do you need to grab hold of and claim this year in? And I just put a few in your notes, and I thought I'd read a couple. Maybe one of them will capture your heart, but there's so many, there's over 7,000 promises in God's word. God promises to meet your every need out of His glorious riches. Man, some of you are struggling financially right now, and you need to trust God and allow him to meet those needs in your life. He promises that you'll never be tempted beyond what you can bear. I know that you're in a situation, there's great temptation, but he always makes a way where it seems like there is no way. There is a way out in that. God promises to forgive all of your sins, no matter how bad or how gross they are. Listen, our God forgives everything. God promises to make everything, even the bad things, work out for good to those that love him and are called according to his purposes. God promises that when you feel alone or, or abandoned, that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you, that he will be with you forever. He got, God promises to be your ever-present help in your time of need. God promises to give strength to the weary. So if you're struggling right now and you're worn out, man, God wants to come and strengthen you in this moment. He promises to guide you and give you direction. Some of you, you're facing some really, really big decisions. Do I go to the left? Do I go to the right? Do I make my own path? Man, God wants to lead. God and direct you this year. He's doing a new thing if you'll allow him to. He promises to give you peace in your life. And I know some, uh, So many people are anxious and, and in despair and overwhelmed and dealing with anxiety and you're going through things and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. And God says, man, I, I want to give you a peace that surpasses understanding so that when people look at you and go, I don't know how you did that, you'll go, I know how I did it because I had a God who gave me peace where nobody else was experiencing it. God promises to give you power to defeat the enemy in your life. And so you don't have to succumb to the enemy. You actually have the power to overcome him. God promises he will never separate you from his love. God promises that you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. And for those of you that aren't walking with God, he promises you salvation through the gift of his son that he gave 2,000 years ago for a price that you could never pay so that you could experience life and have it more abundantly in this life. And so those are there's some things that i don't know but here's what i do to know that god is for me and god is for you Amen. Amen. you're coming to every service today Amen. <laughs> so what is one thing that you desire from god this year like what do you want him to do in your life what is one thing that you are lacking in your life right now you go, like, I know this is missing. There is this gap here. What's one thing that you need to let go of? What is that hurt? What is that pain? What is that disappointment? What is that failure? And what one promise do you need to claim? We're gonna forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past for our God is a good God. He's with you right now and he is doing a new thing. Would you guys bow your heads and pray? God, I thank you that you're a God of new beginnings. And I thank you that you're a God that speaks to your children. And I believe that you're speaking to many of us here today. And and here's what I know, God is, is I don't want people just to have good intentions this year. God, I want them to have a God intention. I want, God, I want you to come and show up and speak to us and, and lead and guide us for what you want to do this next year. And God, I know so many people that are here that are not satisfied for what was, but they are hungry for what could be and should be in their life. And God, Holy Spirit, I ask and I, I pray that, that as we go out this week, that these questions, they would actually haunt us. Like they would haunt us until we take the time to seek you and go, what is it that you want to do in our lives? Not a good idea, but a God idea. And that, God, we would truly seek change and transformation. And that we would seek God above all else. That we would seek first your kingdom above all else. And when we do that, God, you would add all the additional things to our life. God, I pray that you would give us the power to change areas that we feel like are unchangeable. God, that you would give us the strength to, to push forward into the hurt, into the pain. And that, God, that as we do that, that as we overcome, that as we walk in victory, that as we be victorious, God, that we would give you all the glory, that we would give you all the honor, that we would give you everything that you deserve this year. God, and that we would take action instead of just intentions and see that one decision can change everything. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.